What's up, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Hardcover Hooligans. I'm Danilo, and Mac, I have a question for you. Go ahead, I love questions. About Lord of the Rings. Now, I want to know which of the following characters you have a stronger emotional connection to. <laughs> Maura Labengi, yep. Banazir Galbasi, Razanar Took, or Kalimak Brandagamba? <laughs> um... I'm not falling for this because I know who all those people are. And uh, of course you do, you big uh, nerd. <laughs> and uh, the, I can't remember Sam's, but that one, <laughs> the second one you said. Banazir Galbasi. <laughs> yes. <laughs> now, if you don't know what the fuck we're talking about, <laughs> uh, this is possibly the most nerd thing to ever oh, yeah. happen this in is the, the universe. Test. This is like, <laughs> there's like that TikTok thing that's like, what's the thing? Or no, sorry, it was a tweet. It was like, what's the thing? that once you learn about your fandom you know you're officially in too deep it's this this is the thing it's the so these are <laughs> these are the real names of the hobbits in the language westron yes and now you'll be forgiven for not knowing anything about this because it is <laughs> completely irrelevant to the story yeah um a fun fact about this is that I'm I'm pretty sure I'm gonna look this up just to make sure, but um, their names aren't Frodo like in other language. It's just in English that these are their names: Frodo, Sam, Mary, Pippin. Wait, Cause, really? Yeah, because in a in like French, it's just like other French sounding names. Because the idea is like the book is translated to sound like right. So like the translators of Lord of the Rings followed. Tolkien's translation advice as if they did it from Westron. So let's can we let's backpedal here. Maybe it's not their names. Some places have different names and stuff because it's all translated oh, okay. from a different language. It might be wrong about the main cast, but yeah. So what the fuck are we talking about here? We are talking about the fact that Tolkien treated this book as though it was like a found text from something called the Red Book of Westmarch. Very happy. Written said in that. the language of Westron. I tried to, this is so funny. I was like going to bed and I was trying to explain to my girlfriend. I told her about the Red Book of Westmarch. And, <laughs> and now you guys aren't dating anymore. And she said, quote, very cool. <laughs> yeah, that sounds about right. Every once in a while, I, I, I'll tell my now wife about i'm um, like did you know that legolas and gimli went into the undying lands together and she's like this is the fifth time you've told me like yes i remember <laughs> if i know one thing about lord of the rings it's that so yes the idea is this whole thing comes from this text called the red book of west march and there's a whole there's a note at the end of the appendices about how he decided to translate it and so the names i read off at the beginning are the real names of the hobbits in Westron. And he basically translated them to their, like, English equivalent, like how they feel in the original language right. instead of, like, literally. I don't know. It's very... I'll say it. I think it's cool. Yeah, it's super cool. <laughs> but incredibly nerdy. The, the other thing is that there's a... I think it's in the languages part two about Quenya... The elf language yep. uh -huh. is written in Latin or like like a Latin approximate because that's the easiest way that you can right. translate it. It's so funny because it's all made up, but 
Still, right. it's like the know, easiest like... way you could translate this made-up language. He, he was like, so if Westron is English, just like modern English, Elvish is like their Latin. Right. So I'm going to translate all the Elvish so it, so it sounds sort of Latin-y so we can get the same sort of atmosphere reading it in English. Yeah. It's a wild thing to do and say you're doing. It sets the... And it's all fake. Yeah, it's, all, it's not real. <laughs> but it sets the, you know, like, when you hear Latin as, like, a human person in the real world, you're like, oh, that's probably a fancy, important thing. And so when you hear the Elvish in this world, you're it's the same thing. It's like, oh, that's a fancy, yeah. important thing. So you still get, like, the... It's all very smart, and it's crazy that none of this is in the book. <laughs> It's all at the end, and you're like, what is it's, going on? It's all on? at the end, and um, at least I know for the Swiss version of this book, the publishers were like, you cannot put any of this in here. People are not going <laughs> to read it. So the only thing that appears is Appendix, Appendix D and The Tale of Aragorn and Arwen in the original Swiss version of this book. None of the other stuff is in oh, it. Oh, boy. Which is pretty funny. Those, yeah, those Swiss don't mess around. They just no, decided. No. Yeah. No, one, no one cares about no, no, this no. crazy English man. But we care, and that's so, why we're talking about it. Yes, we are talking about the appendices to <laughs> The Lord of the Rings. How many other podcasts you know are just talking about the appendices to The Lord of the Rings? We've got a whole episode on just the appendices. Uh, there's a lot of stuff. Yes. Um, so I think we sort of just should go appendix by appendix. It would be impossible for us to talk about everything. Yeah. But there's like big points, I think, we can, of like, there's at least one big thing about each race we can talk about. Right. So what, maybe we start with uh, Appendix A, yeah. the Annals of Kings and Rulers, which basically just gives a historical overview of each sort of people. Well, but actually, first it starts with Numenor and Ooh, yeah. all that stuff. Matt, yeah. do you want to? I would... You you just go. Sure. So, uh, Numenor. Okay, I guess here we go. So, uh, the the Valar, the angels or whatever of the Lord of the Rings universe. When during the creation of the world, you know, they created like their favorites. This this part is not in the this. It's in the it's how the Silmarillion literally begins. So we'll talk mm -hmm. more about it when spoiler alert. We're going to talk about the Silmarillion next. But, um, they created. The elves, the Edain, the Noldor, the you know whatever, and then uh, they Wait, also so Noldor and and elves are the same thing. Yeah, yeah, okay. they're a type of elves. They're like oh, uh, okay. I can never remember which if they're the ones from Middle Earth or not, but they're it's one of them. Um, okay, and not the Edain, sorry, the Eldar. Edain means human. Um, anyway, they created the elves, and they're like, man, these elves are sweet. They fucking live forever. But it, we're gonna create these other group of people. Uh, the Adain, like man, and uh, we're gonna give them the gift later <laughs> referred to. Suck. Yeah, <laughs> but they're gonna, they're gonna like be worse. They're gonna get to enjoy the time on the world and then leave because it's like sort of a curse. They call it the gift of men is to die. Later, it's constantly oh, referred to as the doom of man. But um, <laughs> the gift of man is to yeah. I took I gave a gift and then started calling it the doom <laughs> yeah. of someone. Oops. But what Numenor is is that during in the first age when Morgoth was like he showed up and he's big evil he's like Sauron Sauron's dad you could think of him <laughs> when Sauron's dad showed up a bunch of elves and men teamed up and beat the shit out of Morgoth right and Morgoth fled mm -hmm. and as a reward those men were given they're like you can't come to the undying lands cuz that's like 
the elf, like, you gotta have your name on the list. You can't, you know, it's like cool guys <laughs> hang out here. But there's a big he, bouncer in front. Right, yeah. There, there's two big bouncers, there's two big trees. Hopefully, nobody steals any jewels out of them. Um, <laughs> but there's a sweet island sort of halfway between Middle Earth and um, Valinar that you can. Uh, just hang out on so that's what they do and the elves are and like that island is Numenor correct and uh, their elves are like you can't live forever but I guess you can live for like 300 years so the Numenorians <laughs> are like these great kings and they live for a long time but soon as like history goes on and you know it's it's a story of empire because Numenor is a kingdom and they start to subjugate people and become more wrathful and 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 harmful and eventually <laughs> Sauron shows up and at this point Sauron's like he's very evil but he is not um he is like a dude um he's a dude um, again we'll talk about this in a different book he like but shows up as a dude yeah he right? shows up as he shows up as like an evil guy he, they they get betrayed whatever this stuff isn't in this we'll talk about that in the Silmarillion but um when they fight Sauron the Arpharazon, I think, is the king at the time. I don't remember. Yes, but... this this was a big. I connected. Yeah. Wait, I have. I connected. Yes, Arpharazon. Yeah. Sauron he... was like, "Hey, Arpharazon, who's the king of Numenor? You know how those Valar tell you not to sail to Valinor? You could just do it and take it over." And then Arpharazon did, and the Valar are like, we tried. fuck you. They instantly well, they failed. Tried. Like, as soon as they said sail, they called upon Eru Luvatar, the god, and they just sunk the island of Numenor. <laughs> Oops. And so that is, then Numenor's done. And then, this was a detail that connected it more for me, was then the Undying Lands, like, left the realm. Right, they don't, like, exist so now, anymore. So now you can't, like, sail to it, no matter who you are. Right, like, you, you could have just, to... like, take a boat there before but they'd get mad right. at you yeah now it doesn't like, was, exist i never anymore. knew that i th- i thought yeah. it was still like you could go there if you wanted to but no because now they have to take after a boat boy like the special yeah. elf boat made by the shipwright but uh the an important thing is that our Farazan, like they beat sauron again pretty handily because like numenor's kick i mean imagine if it's all aragorn like that's what you have to imagine. <laughs> like they're all as it's badass an Ar- and cool aragorn as aragorn. island i believe yeah. they call it yes they do and Instead of like killing Sauron for once and for all, they just take. They're like, no, he's gonna be my bitch, and then and then he like <laughs> worms his way under the council of Arpharazon. It's like, how does that? Happen? <laughs> it, um, and then that's when Sauron's he like starts. Sneaky guy. He's like worm tongue, you know. He's getting into the ear of Arpharazon. <laughs> but anyway, the island sinks. Sauron is destroyed. His spirit flees to Mordor, where it will remain for a very long time. Um, it's noted in the appendix that before that, it, Sa- Sauron was like hot, and now he's only ever like evil and looks like a big <laughs> dude in a black, scary suit of armor. Yeah, doesn't it say like, and that was the last time he could hold a beautiful yeah. form or something like that? <laughs> yeah, yeah, which is a, a, a cool detail because it's like, why would anybody trust this guy and he looks that scary? It's like he didn't always look that scary, okay? He was hot. Yeah, he once. was hot. But Numenor, like, the, the survivors settled in Gondor. It's it's funny. In the appendix, you might read it, and it says Northwest. And you're like, well, Gondor is famously in the south. But it means Northwest of the island of Numenor is where Gondor is. Um, but anyway, we I guess from this point, we sort of know what happens, right? Like, Gondor and... 
Minas Ithil falls eventually. The Dunedain, yep. the the Rangers of the North, but like people of Numenarian blood start to like dwindle and flee, and and the whole appendix is like the history of the realm of man, yeah, up until the events of Lord of the Rings. Yeah. But those are the, that's sort of the big thing. Like, they keep saying Numenor. That's the story of Numenor. It's also the, what the show The Rings of Power is is trying to be about. If you've ever watched it and been like, what is going on? <laughs> that's what they're trying to do. So this we get more stuff from Angmar. And, uh, yeah, it's pretty cool. One of the, the... He has the whole, you know, how the years work and everything. <laughs> yeah. And one of the sentences... Oh my is, god, I wrote this down too. <laughs> you wrote this down? So In 1974, the power of Angmar rose again. <laughs> I was reading. I was like, like I can't over believe Richard night. Nixon let Angmar <laughs> rise again. I said the same exact thing to my <laughs> wife last night. I was like, "You're never gonna believe what happened in the '70s." I didn't know this. They <laughs> skip over that in the history books today. But the the Witch King rises, and he's like, uh, "This is the one of two times he's called the Witch King," and it's like he. Nobody, he's like an evil sorcerer, but he's also a ring wraith. He's not like one of the nine kings of men. He was like always evil. Yeah. And then Sauron was like, hey, do you want to be even more evil? And he was like, uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> and so um, he fucks up, you know, Arnor and Minas Ithil and takes it over. And that becomes his strong stronghold. I want to talk about the snowmen. Oh, yeah, this is great. <laughs> you please talk about the snowmen. There, uh, there was some king at some point. Who, I don't like, remember who, but fled to the north because of Angmar, yeah, or something, or they had to like get back, and they had like a palantir, and there's just a group of snow <laughs> people called the snowmen who help him out, and it's it's funny because he calls them snowmen. It is not the only time in the appendices something violent happens in the winter, and people mistake it for like a like a snowy evil spirit it happens twice the snowman and then helm hammerhand which we will talk about later yeah i don't know it's it was cool to read yeah and then it was boring and then it's cool <laughs> yeah. and then it's kind of boring well it's really it's like cool. history right i think it it's really cool when it's like a story and then i check there's like two pages of just like our Farazan and our Krerazan, and then it switched to Tar Krerazan, and I'm like, oh, I do not <laughs> and care this about is this. Why? Yeah, and I think it's cool that it's made up. Yeah, it's very cool that it's made up, and also there's like the appendices are really violent. Like the, yeah, a lot the of history of Middle Earth is very, very violent, and and really fascinating. I think when people sort of you know the story of the Lord of the Rings is maybe you know we've talked about it plenty on this show. Um, we have argued that it's not really black and white, but just for the sake of argument, the story of Lord of the Rings, certainly in comparison to these appendices, is definitely like black and white, good versus evil. Because there's like, mm -hmm. it's about, it's about like the, the, the fall of Numenor is about like power influencing just like a person. It, not even with the rings, mm -hmm. it's just like how you can become the king oh, and like still want more. can talk you into sailing to heaven. Yeah. It's about how a hot man can talk you into sailing to heaven to confront Jesus Christ. <laughs> it's like, we want to be here. <laughs> but yeah, that's a, uh, that's mostly the, the Numenor stuff. And then the, obviously it goes into the line of, um, Gondor and about how they was a, like a line of Numenorian Kings. And then mm -hmm. they eventually just started having daughters and then eventually stopped having kids at all. And the, stewards took over stewards started and 
I don't really want to talk about Thorongil right now. Oh, sure. I, reading this, there's this cool guy who shows up uh, to help Ecthelion the first, mm-hmm. I think, with the, um, no, not the first, the it, second. It, whatever. Denethor's dad. I think it's Denethor's yeah, it's dad, dead, yeah. right? Uh, with the, um, the Corsairs of Umbar. He's like, hey, you're having trouble with some Corsairs. I'll be your best friend and sail down there and fix that problem for you. And then he leaves. And I'm like, this guy seems really cool. <laughs> I want to know more about this guy. I wonder what happens to him. Mm. And then uh, later in the appendices, I find out it's Aragorn. Yeah. Just going by a different name. He he He's there. He's also ridden with the Rohirrim. And was and like every single time it says in the later in like the air, there's like an entire appendix part that's like, here's all the cool shit about Aragorn. Uh, he <laughs> Aragorn's like the Forrest Gump of Lord he of the is, Rings. He's been everywhere. He's like at all the cool stuff. But he like leaves right before like all the glory is going to be given. He like leaves and moves on to the next thing, which is that's cool. That's my guy right there. That's my dog right there. <laughs> is that ever, I mean, is that. All the stuff about Gondor. That's all I wanted to say about Gondor. Because there's pl- there's some cool stuff about the Rohirrim that I want to talk about. Mostly, I am just going to talk about Helm Hammerhand because it is the uh, the coolest guy ever. The coolest guy ever. And directly, you're like, why is it called Helm's Deep? Well, boy, brother, I'll tell you why it's called Helm's Deep. <laughs> this is also a movie is coming out, an animated movie about this Ooh. at the end of this year, which well, I'm very cool. excited about. Um, okay, so. Helm Hammerhand, he becomes king, right? He's the king. Some dude shows up. He's like a, he's like Donald Trump, or like, like, a, <laughs> like, just like the richest douchey. Like Elon Musk shows up, and he's like, wait. And Helm Hammerhand is the king of the Rohirrim. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Rohan. Pre or post when they become the Rohirrim? Post. Oh, right. Post. Yeah. Because he. he okay. All the Rohirrim. They died like come from the north part. and then help Gondor, and Gondor's right. like have these lands, and then they become the Rohirrim. So this guy named Freka or Freka or whatever, he has Rohirrim like, he's got the papers, you know, he's got his birth certificate. He's like, I am, like, I should be king. Uh, and I've got all this land and all this money and I got all my sweet fucking friends with me. And then, uh, (laughs) is like, you know, they don't allow me to beat the shit out of you in this, in this, uh. In my castle, and then he just like takes outside, beats the fuck out, which, which is awesome, and 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 starts Helm Hammerhand's infamous uh, trait is that he just beats people to death with his bare hands. <laughs> Hammerhand. So Freka comes back. He's trying to convince him to do like an arranged marriage. Freka has a son named Wolf, uh, and Helm's daughter. I'm not sure that. I don't remember her his daughter's name. I'm actually not sure if she is named, but uh, he says no, obviously. And this is sorry, I was wrong. This is when uh, Helm Hammerhand punches Freka so hard he dies, <laughs> and uh, the the men who like were following Freka left, and Helm Hammerhand was like, okay, well, Wolf and all of those people that were with him are enemies of the king. So now like Rohan is is at war with itself. Split. Civil war. Wolf, the pirates. Of Umbar and the Easterlings, mm-hmm. which we have seen in the Lord of the Rings, the main uh, series, they take over Rohan, like oust Helm Hammerhand and kill m- almost all of the Rohirrim and force them into the the Deeping or no, sorry, not the Deeping Coombe, whatever the thing is, the Berg. You know what I mean? The the Hornburg, right? The Hornburg, which will be called whole Helm's Deep, but it's not called mm-hmm. that yet. It's just like some shitty. It's what well, easy. It's it's 
easy to defend, but it's not like a castle yet. It's just like a place. Right. So King Hel- King uh, Hammerhand is being besieged uh, in the Hornburg, and then uh, like everybody's fucking dying. Uh, Hammerhand's sons, they're all dying, and then a blizzard happens. <laughs> Helm Hammerhand one night is just like I am so sick of this war. It is freezing cold outside. He dresses in white, uh, doesn't take any food or weapons with him, and goes out and kills everybody <laughs> who's besieging the camp. And he he doesn't use uh, weapons because he believes that like if I don't use any weapons, they cannot use any weapons against me or like <laughs> it'd be dishonorable it, right, it or be something dishonorable or, and, yeah and he doesn't bring any food and he's like eating their corpses it's fucked up but he kills all of them and then one night he goes like again he keeps doing this he keeps doing this and then he goes again and he doesn't return and like during the daytime they see like this white figure on a hill like completely frozen because he just fucking died and he's like still standing there like covered (laughs) in blood ready to fight and uh then uh they they win obviously um because he keep he keeps blowing the horn that you Mm -hmm. know the famous that mary gets or whatever um yeah it It gives everyone like plus one armor exactly and like gives the end the, the enemies keep running away so he just like gets rid of them all and they build the statue that we see in Hel- helm's deep and they call it helm's deep after that and that's the story of of helm hammerhand um he didn't technically defeat him since his or the the dunlandings like the bad rahiram his uh nephew did um whatever his name is but uh because his son fucking died. Like, everybody died except for Helm and his nephew. <laughs> and, then, mm-hmm. and then his nephew actually finished the battle, but Helm Hammerhand sunk such, like, deep fear into them that also uh, he's going to be played by Brian Cox in the movie, which is a oh, beast. That's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, I know that was all over the place, but I got a lot to keep in my brain up here about the Helm Hammerhand, so that's the that's the story about Helm Hammerhand. There's other stuff about Rohan, but I don't think any of it is as cool as this, so I don't really care it's about really going not. It. <laughs> it is just the history of the Vikings, but what if it was fantasy? And horses. Yeah. And then we move into the section on Durin's folk. Yeah! Or the dwarves. Mag's favorite. <laughs> This stuff is awesome. It's very cool. It talks about how secret their language is. Like, no one else knows it. Nobody and they, else like, knows their won't... real name. Like, all dwarves have, like, right. a real name that nobody knows. And it's not even on their tombs. It's crazy. <laughs> and they, like, won't, like, speak dwarf, dwarvish, like, in front of other people. Like, the only word other people know is, like, Kazad. Yeah. For, like, Kazad Doom. And even the dwarves are, like, upset that that one got out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Like, damn it, they know that one. They can't be mind-controlled. They can just be... The, they Oh, one of the... The rings shows up here. One of the seven rings. Um, Thror has it. Or Thrain, one of them. Has right, the, and one of the rings. Gets, and then he dies. Like, kidnapped by Sauron. And then yeah. is never heard from again. Right. That happens to a lot of elves. They just sort of <laughs> go... Or not dwarves. Elves, dwarves. They just go somewhere that are never heard from again. And everyone's like, I wonder what happened to them. <laughs> and they're dead. Famously, happen, like that's what happens... That's what makes Gimli go to Casa Doom. Right, exactly. <laughs> it keeps happening. Then <laughs> there's something about... There's like the story of Azog, who yeah. is like a hobgoblin, basically, who had a rivalry with... He's the bad guy remember. in the Hobbit movies, Danilo. That's what right, that yes. is. Yes. <laughs> which is just... No, 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 but the... but. 
is he's he's not in the Hobbit. His like no, son is right, in, in the, the Hobbit, movie, the book. Azog right in the movie, it's it. Azog. Uh, but he's like a big scare. He chops off Nar's friend's head and throws it. And he like brands his fucking name into it in the dwarf right. language. And he's like, and, and he's and he like lives in Moria now. Or yeah, because like they he, they took right? it over. They yeah. took over Moria yeah. and kicked the fucking dwarves out and chops off this guy's head, Durin's head, Durin Eighth's whatever his head mm-hmm. and throws it at his friend and then he's like hey take it back to the dwarves and here's some incentive and throws like money at him which is like fucked <laughs> up <laughs> reprehensible behavior um and this turns out to be a huge mistake for azog because uh nar does in fact take the head back to erebor and then all the dwarves start come back an and incredible war with them that they still, that orcs still shudder at and dwarves still cry about if you bring it up, which is what, <laughs> so like, there were heroes on, on both sides, certainly. Yeah, I mean, the lesson is dwarves are chill until they're not. Yes. They fuck up. They, they, yeah. The battle of, that takes place outside of Khazad-dûm is fucked up. Olin, this is the section where um, Tolkien, like, retcons the events of The Hobbit, basically, <laughs> and how it was... Oh, it was Gandalf's plan oh, all yeah. along <laughs> yeah. to get rid of the dragon <laughs> yeah. because this was all part of the plan to thwart Sauron. Yep. It wasn't just a fun dragon story. No. It talks about how Gandalf was like, we're worried about that dragon because Sauron's getting stronger. And what if Sauron gets allies himself with the dragon? Right. And so I'm going to take 12 dwarves and, then and leave. one and then hobbit. Leave. In the middle of the story, I'm going to leave. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm sure they'll figure it out. <laughs> this is also where we learn that Gandalf went to Saruman and was like, hey, I think we should take care of this necromancer. And Saruman is like, no, I think it'll be okay. Because Saruman, <laughs> he was already evil at that point, but they didn't know. And it's just very, yeah. this is how you retcon well, I don't, And I don't know if they said he was like evil. It was sort of like, oh, he started to maybe look out for his own interests. Yeah, that's or true. Or like, oh, you know, if Sauron... If Sauron's looking for the ring, maybe I could look for the ring. And then if yeah. I have it, Sauron doesn't have it. So if they get rid of Sauron too quick, they won't be able to find the ring. Back in the Rohan part, um, Saruman, it talks about how Saruman like moves into Orthanc. <laughs> uh, this, we're talking about Saruman now. He moves into Orthanc. Baron gives him the keys. Yeah, they give him it's the like fucking... Cool landlord. I, I love that it's the keys. Like, he needs the keys to get in. He, and they, because it's technically like part of Gondor, but the king of Gondor at the time is like, yeah, sure, the the white wizard he can have it and he just wants it because he knows the palantir's in there and he's like if yeah. I, if i can get the palantir i know i can find the ring and i can help out and then it turns him evil and insane which you know yeah palant o for o in terms of palantir's <laughs> working out for someone even Ar- aragorn just barely worked out even when he looked at right. when he came out of the helm's deep like oh my god well, he didn't even try to do anything he just tried to go like na 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 and then that was it and it almost still fucked him up yeah, yeah, that's very fun. This is how you retcon something, man, with this Gandalf stuff. Because it kind of, if you it don't immediately sense. go and read The Hobbit, it makes sense. There's still some stuff in The <laughs> Hobbit where it's like, really? Then how come, like, you just assumed this Bilbo Gandalf's would help? master like, plan? <laughs> your plan was that you were just going to hire this little fat guy to, <laughs> to, steal, to steal the Arkan... Like, you're also tricking Thorin into thinking it's really about the Arkenstone when it's really about killing Smog, even though that never... Like, that was not part of the plan. none of them do anything to kill Smog. <laughs> it's just, it's lucky that... Bard of uh, Esgrim. Like, was yeah, there. yeah, exactly. Uh, it is fun to track the Palantiri 
through the story mm-hmm. through because from because they it talks about how like how they were built by elves for men yeah, I don't, and I, then I, brought over to <laughs> sure. middle earth and then like spread around and then some get lost and destroyed and you sort of see how the three that are in the story end up where they are which is kind of cool i also like how it's we never know what happens to all of the dwarf rings i love that we just yeah. know like where one of them is and i'm not i don't know if this is in this but gandalf thinks that bilbo's ring in the hobbit is one of the dwarf ones before uh he finds out it's the one ring right when he goes on his 17 year vacation and figures out it takes that guy 17 <laughs> years to figure out it's the one ring well yeah because he just go he just goes to gondor and reads right yeah and then he, <laughs> 17 and then, to years to be fair uh he there's like other stuff that happens but he is just gone like the, he he gets into trouble with rohani steals shadow <laughs> but yeah he does just read for 17 years and then his big t- strategy is just throw it in a fire <laughs> and see if you can read the words Sorry if this episode is all over the place, folks. I love this stuff, so I'm getting very excited. <laughs> I mean, it is sort of... It is the appendices are sort of like, and here's this, and then yeah. this, and then this, which I think is fine. Oh. And it is... I think some of it is cool if you're into it, but oh, also yeah, I think it's fine like for this, some like... of it is like... If you're like, if this sounds crazy to you, you don't have to read this to enjoy no, the you story. Don't. The only thing in here you have to read, and Tolkien himself said this, is the Aragorn and Arwen part. You really do. That really does. Yeah. Because that's like not, bizarrely not in the, if you were going to write a book, my first thing would be you write about Aragorn and Arwen, not about. Yeah, I, I read all that stuff and I'm like, oh, this is where it all is. Yeah. <laughs> In the back, yeah. after everything's over, the love story. In the extended edition of all of the Lord of the Rings movies, a lot of that stuff does make it into there. It's like I know when I cool. when I watch them, I'm like, oh, this is like a actual love story about oh, you're giving it up and yeah. you'll be sad when I'm gone. And Elrond and being mad stuff. at Aragorn and like pretty much kicking right. him out. All that stuff is very good, but it's not really in the book. Um, yeah. Here's here's a thing towards the end of the dwarf thing that this is my so Gimli um this is no secret Gimli is my favorite uh character I think you've said that on every single episode <laughs> we've had about these books well because he's so awesome but uh <laughs> Gimli uh, is like one of the most revered dwarves of all time obviously because he was one of the nine uh who set out to do the whatever it is that they did but uh <laughs> <laughs> Gimli, after Sauron dies, Gimli becomes like the lord of those sweet caves he saw, and yeah. uh, him, he, him, and all the dwarves in the caves make mithril gates for Minas Tirith, so nobody's ever getting through those fucking things ever again, <laughs> ever again. And uh, Legolas brings all of the elves south, not all, but a bunch of the elves south to Ithilien, which is like that place right outside of Gondor, which was like kind mm-hmm. of nice, but also still In evil. Between and they make it like beautiful river and, and like lush and stuff. And uh, I'm just going to read this because this is this is uh, the, at the very end of the appendices, or Appendix A. But when, okay, Elisar is Aragorn's real name. <laughs> Aragorn has like fifty <laughs> names. He's Elisar. He's the Elf Stone. He's he's, he's Aragorn. Ele, he's Elistar. Like that's when he's a kid. That's what <laughs> yeah. the elves call him. Yeah. Oh boy. Um, but when King Elisar gave up his life, Legolas at last followed the desire of his heart and sailed over the sea. 
Here follows one of the last notes in the Red Book. We have heard we have heard tell. I like that we because it's like <laughs> this academic team has put this together. We have heard tell that Legolas took Gimli, Glowin's son, with him because of their great friendship, greater than any that had ever been between elf and dwarf. If this is true, then it is strange indeed that a dwarf should be willing to leave Middle Earth for any love, or that the Eldar should receive him, or that the Lords of the West should permit it. But it is said that Gimli went also out of desire to see again the beauty of Galadriel, and it may be that she, being mighty among the Eldar, obtained this grace for him. More cannot be said of this matter. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. He, just, he was like, yeah, he's my best friend in the whole world and everything, but she is so beautiful. I have to see her again. If I die without seeing her again, I it's all been not it's worth it anymore. <laughs> Which is just lovely. I love that. And that's the, I love the little, that little academic stuff at the end is like, we're, we don't know for sure. <laughs> yeah. This is all that this little book says. I think that stuff's really fun. It's awesome. I imagine Tolkien just giggling to himself the whole time oh, he's this doing is, it. This has to be <laughs> like, so much so fun funny. to come up with. so much fun. This also like, uh, it really, you really forget, you read the appendices, like the third age of middle earth is up the apocalypse like everything is fucked up and bad and then when you read <laughs> this you're like oh there were like cities everywhere and roads and people like talked to each other it's not just mm -hmm. like they show up in Bree and people are like mad and suspicious like that's not well, what it always used to be weather like. top was like a real castle wasn't yeah, it like, like an real elven hole. outpost or something it wasn't or, just a big yeah. mountain where you get stabbed on <laughs> Uh, it's all this stuff just reminded me so much about like the, the literal, actual medieval history things that I'd like read in college. Yeah, I so know. It's very, it's... He he like nails the tone of it, and the the cool part is that I guess you know for some people they'd be like, <laughs> why would I read this when like there's real history and that's interesting and sure, but sort of where I've as I've thought about this, I've landed on that. It is more satisfying when someone, when like one person has like crafted it because it's like crafted to be interesting. And it doesn't matter if it's true, it's like fun to read about. Because like real history, you get into the whole fraught thing of is this true? Right. We don't really know. But it, that, so it's, it's hard, fun when it's, it's a harder book. to enjoy. Yeah, yeah, it's harder to enjoy when you're like, oh, this is real, but it might not be, but we don't know if this happened. Or like, you know, people leave one manuscript and he seems like the coolest guy ever, but then you never hear from him again. But right. Like in this book, like you can have the coolest guy ever do a bunch of cool stuff. Right. Because he's the coolest guy ever. And it, and it's yeah. and, and like I, I like reading history books. Um, mm -hmm. um, I, I mean, maybe obviously because I also like this a lot, but uh it is way more satisfying to just have it be like, no, this is what happened. And then Thranduil said to yeah. this other than like you're reading because. And you don't, and you don't have to talk about like, oh, the bias of the historian right. and what narrative they're trying to craft. I guess you could what if you're a like... hyper nerd, but that's not really what this is about. <laughs> you talk about Tolkien's <laughs> propaganda or whatever. But, yeah. You know, because it's fun to, you know, you read um, like, these books i keep thinking about there's this book um called spqr the you know um yeah by mary beard about ancient um, rome yeah about ancient rome and it's very good but it, like obviously it's a immensely popular book it's very good but there's a lot of pit bits where it's just like yeah we don't know what the this is an extreme example just because i had just read it recently but they're talking about like rape 
in the culture of Rome. Mm-hmm. And a lot of it's like, some people say this and some people say that, and we don't know. And to me, that is very frustrating. Where I'm like, just, yeah. I would like, like, it's obviously it's impossible to know what they were really ha- had. And it's irresponsible to make something up, it, right. you know, because that's <laughs> yeah. not what history is trying to but this, be. we just get the fucking answers, and then we get a sweet story, yeah. and and Aragorn's in it. So if Aragorn and Gimli are in it, um, they weren't in Rome, so I don't really care that much about Rome. So, well, and I've been reading this book called uh, it's called A Distant Mirror by Barbara Tuckman. It's oh, it's haven't. like medieval history. It's like it's sort of based on the life of this one guy that they happen to know a lot about, and she talks at length about like. I wanted to write a history. She's like a medievalist. And she's like, oh, I wanted to write a history book about like medieval Europe. But it was hard to like find someone who A, has not been written about extensively. uh, B, was not boring as fuck, like some random (laughs) peasant who didn't do anything. And so she like lucked out and found this like one guy who they sort of know a medium amount of stuff about and use like his life as the backbone oh, of nice. this book. And even then some of it's like, yeah, and so his dad got taken over here and then that's the last they heard of him. Right. And we don't know what happened. And you're like, okay. <laughs> yeah, cool. I mean, to be fair, that cool does that happen in real, the appendices but... too. Like we yeah, just all, yeah. all the dwarves and elves are getting taken and we don't know what happened to them. <laughs> <laughs> but they don't get taken by like other people. They get taken by the most evil scary thing ever yeah it's evocative not disappointing right or like yeah okay the lord of the rings is more evocative and less disappointing than real history (laughs) and that is true i'm not joking like that is true true. that's why people love it still feels real yeah it all feels real because that's how it's Mm -hmm. it's written like a history and the silmarillion is written like the bible and also Mm -hmm. like the history so if you like the appendices you'll love the silmarillion but if you don't like the appendices maybe this is where you (laughs) stop reading the lord of the rings <laughs> Which is, I, I think I just can't say enough how smart it was of Tolkien to not put all this bullshit in the rest of his book. Yeah. Like he could have. It doesn't you know? really work um, in the copies where it's like the individual books, but if you have a copy of the book that um, is all three of them in one, um, every, a, there's a ton of footnotes where it's like where these things are briefly mentioned that you can go back and see. Mm. And it's like, oh shit, they did talk. Sam does like mention the Silmarils at one point, and it's like, what? Right. But he's just talking about like light. Like, oh, it's brighter than the Silmarils. And in the appendices, mm-hmm. when it says Silmarils, it's like page 308. It explains and like, you can what go they see, are, which is pretty cool. Also, the light uh, uh, that uh, uh, Galadriel gives Frodo is the light of Elrond's dad, who is flying a spaceship uh, and carrying a jewel what? so bright it's the star. It's the the star that she refers to. The light from the star is Elrond's dad, who is sailing a boat in space, holding this jewel that is so bright you could see it from Earth, and he's like a star moving across the sky. Well, I miss that. That's crazy. Yeah, it is in the appendix. It is in the appendix. It is a footnote where it's like, hey, also Elrond's dad is in space. <laughs> <laughs> Which is pretty sweet. Uh, so on to Appendix B. Yeah. Uh, the Tale of Years. And this is a timeline. These next two are bo- are not really st- the story ones. It's sort of interesting if you've been following along about what's happening. You're like, oh, here's everything in order. It is fun to know like when Frodo reaches like this point, Aragorn was reaching this point, even though they're at different yeah. parts in the story. That's fun to know. And like the events of The Hobbit as well. And then the, it's also fun to read the um, 
all the stuff after the fact too. Oh yeah, the fourth age. Uh, and Samwise Gamgee keeps getting elected mayor. Yes, he does. Over like seven fucking times, he's the mayor. It's like in or in a row. It's like oh, this date happened, and then Master Samwise becomes mayor for the third time, <laughs> and then two years pass, and then Master Samwise is elected the fourth time. And I read it four times. I'm like, surely this is the last time he's mayor. <laughs> And it just keeps, it's like a whole page of alternating. Yeah. <laughs> Sam becomes mayor of the Shire, and then he has a seventh term, and then he dies. It's also a sad reminder that he's the only one of the hobbits that stayed in the Shire. Yeah. The other two left, and Frodo famously went on a cruise ship. <laughs> went back to, yeah. <laughs> Mary and Pippin went back to their bosses. They literally did. <laughs> it's just crazy. <laughs> want to die with your boss. Hey, you can work for me, but, you know, before you die, can you, you know, clock in? <laughs> forever i think Pip- is pippin's son is named faramir yeah and so his full sweet. name is faramir took uh, and he marries uh sam's daughter there's a here's a funny thing that tolkien says sa second age ta third age fa first age which is really convenient because or for fourth fa fourth age which is really mm-hmm. convenient because the first age is never referred to because that would also be fa and that is impossible to do so the first age is briefly touched on because there was nobody there to write down history because it was all like gods and monsters and yeah the mortal people don't need to keep track of the date no they don't care oh oh oh, we didn't say this uh about the elves and stuff about baron and luthien or is that later right i think it comes up there's like a brief thing about the Silmarils and the two trees yeah. and Baron and Luthien. Baron and Luthien, Baron a man. Oh, Baron a man and Luthien an elf. Stop me if you've heard this one before. They fall in love. <laughs> um, and that's what starts people being half elves. And Elrond is a half elf. And they have the unique ability to like choose to be human. Danilo, I've saved this for now. On your computer, mm-hmm. you should look up. Tolkien's grave if you have never seen it before you should look up his gravestone no I haven't seen it (laughs) yeah That's so sad. <laughs> On uh, Tolkien's grave, he is referred to as Baron, and his wife is referred to as Luthien, which is just beautiful. Um, that is very, that is awesome. But it's just it, that's important to note because it starts the line of of half elves, and they can either choose like they'll still live forever, but they're more tied to the world, and they have the ability to mm-hmm. just be human. Not they'll still have their pointy ears or whatever, and they'll still be beautiful, but they're like they're gonna die. And I think. I'm pretty. This is all in the Silmarillion, but they go on the coolest heist ever. Yes, yeah. That that. Also, I, I. You listen. We can't. We probably won't talk about this, but there's a separate book. Like you can buy, like there's a book called The Fall of Numenor and a book called The Children of Hurin and a book called Baron and Luthien, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and what they are are like different versions of those stories. Back when Tolkien still thought this was going to be, like, about pixies and gnomes. So, like, in the first, like, in the book Baron and Luthien, in the early drafts, you get to read them, and it's like, Baron is, like, a weird little gnome, and he falls in love with... (laughs) It's just very fun. It's just, like, that's awesome. But in the Silmarillion is, like, where... If it is to be canon, it's what's in the Silmarillion. But even then, like... I always... I always wonder what those other books are. They're just early drafts, basically. Yeah, they're, they're early drafts and compilations of these stories, um, in different forms, and, like... Some of them are based off poems, so there's some of them are like in poem form. At least that's what it is for Baron and Luthien. I I've never read the Fall of Numenor because it's mm-hmm. still only in 
hardcover and expensive and i don't know so appendix c it's called family trees yeah <laughs> and this has a bunch of family trees the only takeaway is i cannot believe he made up so many different hobbit names yeah well that's because he skipped out on the dwarf names because almost all of them are named durin <laughs> right or, or... durin 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 yeah. so that's cool yeah just flip through those uh appendix d calendars <laughs> now this is nerd shit he explains all the calendars, and now you could read this and be confused, or you could watch a 40-minute-long YouTube video about these calendars, which is what I did, and that was interesting and entertaining. There you go. So you should do that yeah. if you're listening to this. Yeah, this is. The, I don't think we're going to talk about this. <laughs> because <laughs> it's just like we gotta talk about yule they no, like evened no, it no. out so there's no <laughs> leap year there's just like yule and it's like an extra day in the year and then the, they like change the calendar so every monday is the same number day throughout the whole year what a <laughs> so fucking days nerd. don't shift year to year anyway Wait, so, so today is is uh astron the 14th or whatever <laughs> yeah astron exactly. that's fe- february well and then they they talk about like oh and the shire months were derived from the months in oh cinder and oh <laughs> like oh and look at how similar these two words are so you can see how they came from each other crazy this man was crazy yeah this is the kind of stuff where you never like nobody's doing it like tolkien nobody's doing this the hobbit week was taken from the dunedain it's like okay, okay. the Dunedain had their own week and the hobbits <laughs> did the week like the Dunedain I don't know he's a crazy bastard and that's why he says stuff like March or Monday it's not this goes back to that translation thing yeah. like he figured out the whole calendar it's not it's, it's not, not really literally Monday. like March October, yeah. 14th Gandalf didn't Gandalf. say yeah exactly it's October yeah. the 3rd <laughs> he doesn't say that he said it in whatever Quenya month yeah it actually is and that's all I have to say about that yeah that's appendix E is all about writing and spelling now, which is this is what I'm talking about this, this is you want to you want to well, no, do no, this no, one I'm not, no I don't I just think that this is like of the two like if I had to choose yeah, if I had to choose between learning about the calendars and learning about the language I think the language is way more interesting and you also it saves it to here to uh, you realize you've been pronouncing most of the mountains incorrectly because it's not like mm-hmm. Caledon it's Calathon <laughs> yeah it's the D-H is like a th- well there's for my days doing uh old english stuff there's a th and a the oh yeah and yeah. those are two different consonants and so i think the dh is supposed to be like the the like the the de or th like the yeah right. it's like but, both it's weird and so they he goes he goes through how to do all the letters and how they've you could fucking learn pronounce the, it how to like this is what people use to like learn this language like people know uh-huh. the language and that's how and it's so cool because when you hear elf like the elves speaking in the movies they're literally speaking like that's a real they didn't make it up for the movies that's real because i was watching behind the scenes and it's the nerdiest man of all time you know <laughs> made a bunch of videotapes for them to learn elvish on set yeah it's awesome and a lot of them still know it and can like sort of converse in elvish which is that's just pretty cool yeah that's awesome. really cool. He likes his languages. I don't know if there's anything. No, I mean, I, I in here. I mixed them up. I'm more about Appendix F. I do like 
learning about Westron and the languages of the other... Uh, There's different scripts for each one. Yeah. And he talks about how they're used. There's, I have nothing else to say. We learn that Tark means man when the orcs say Tark the one time in the Lord of the Rings. They say it in Return of the King, and we learn all about it here. Um, well, and isn't Sharky derived from it sure word is, for, like, Dilla. old man? <laughs> yes. Because <laughs> when people are like, that's so random. It's, it's not, like, oh, actually. Oh, no, no. <laughs> None of it is random, I assure you. <laughs> all right, should we talk about Appendix F? Yeah. Um, yeah, so Appendix F is... is uh, is literally called languages and people peoples of the third age and this goes literally race by race about the language and what you know if you ever wanted to learn your sindarin from your quenya you came to the right appendix mm-hmm. i'll tell you that your high elven from and your so, normal elven right so sindarin is like conversational elvish yeah it's not as like fancy quenya is like latin elvish so yeah. like if if valinor is like vatican city but they all speak latin <laughs> around the pope then cinderin is like italian italian sure <laughs> yeah, sure yeah <laughs> if the italian spoken outside of the rome was different like... right i don't know <laughs> and this goes into the westron and westron is the common uh this is the precise moment i learned that when they talk about westerness that is just another word for Numenor. Yeah, the men of Westernus. No, because that's the because word. Numenor is like the Sindarin word, but Westerness is like the Westron word that Tolkien translated, so it like feels equivalent, right? Yeah, yeah, something, or something like, that. like that. Crazy. So when they, and that's that was my big breakthrough with this. It's like when things have multiple names, it's because he like translated the different languages right, that for no they have reason. multiple names for. It's not like, oh, it's also known as this among these people. It's no, in the world, different peoples with different languages have called these different things. And so he translated it, quote unquote, into English. Pretty cool. Yeah. Pretty cool. Wild. We also, uh, dwarves are not, they're not like uh, one of the founding races. They were made by one of the Valar named Aule. He just like made them. So that's why they can't be uh, mind controlled by... Like if Gimli... Gimli can't... If he puts on the one... It's not going to affect him like it does oh, okay. to men or... Uh, I guess the and one ring it, might. Does it affect men because like they were like a group project well yeah like they, <laughs> versus they, then like a one guy made them kind of yeah like they have like folly and they're, they're they're like made to be imperfect the idea of dwarves is like right. they're gonna li- like they're gonna be perfect for doing this one thing like mining mm. and being badass and being these strong and stout warriors to like live that's also why they're short is so they can get around the caves which is just a fun mm. fun fact <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. This stuff's all pretty cool about all the place names and how it's not arbitrary. This is like you said. Uh, here, here's where this is. <laughs> Hobbit, Hobbit is an invention in the Westron. The word used when this people was referred to at all was Bonakil, which means halfling. Um, this is like Mariadoc. It means hole dweller. <laughs> so they just like I don't know. It's this is real nerd garbage. Also, this is also where you learn because it's just meant they just say it in the Return of the King and never expound upon it. Uh uh holy shit. Theoden King keeps saying Holbita. 
instead of oh yeah Hobbit. that's right and then just in this one little part um the latter i have translated for reasons explained by holbita and hobbit provides a word might well be a worn down form of holbita if that name had occurred in our own ancient language so it's just like that's what they were calling them the whole time was mm-hmm. not hobbits it was like holbitas or that's what because the because like the in his because like they were using some old like cinderin term that then got like morphed into what what they call hobbits and so tolkien was like okay to translate that i'm gonna as if like cinderin to them was like old english to us so the thing he calls the hobbits i'm going to like make an old englishy version of that he calls them just to give it that same flavor wild crazy crazy uh they also talk about how the wild men of the forest have their own language yep, that no one else knows and uh same with the ents um and it says no one could ever learn it and they, they never tried to keep it secret it's just no one could ever learn it to be fair treebeard does say that to mary he's like don't even bother he's like what's your real name he's like don't even bother <laughs> can't say it <laughs> yeah I, I can't say it you're not gonna remember it <laughs> oh fun fact in westron all the male names start oh, no. end with A, and all the female names end with O. Oh! But he flipped. But he flipped them. Tran, tra- quote unquote, big quotes around yep. translating them, so that it sounds more quote unquote feminine or masculine to our ears. What a fucking nerd! I know. But you want to talk about uh, Arwen and Aragorn? Yeah. This this happened earlier, but I think it. It's, it's proper to save this for the, the maybe the last yeah. thing we, we talk about. I mean, about. that is the end of the appendices. It goes about the red. He talks about the Red Book of Westmarch and all that stuff. And then. Yeah. Um, Aragorn and Arwen. I don't know if you know them, but they're in the Lord of the Rings. <laughs> uh, well, Arwen's barely in them. <laughs> yes, she is. Aragorn and Arwen. Because we talked about Baron and Luthien. It is the same thing. Aragorn and Arwen. Uh. They fall in love because Aragorn, he's a part of the Dunedain. His father is killed. He, His mother ushers him to Imladris, which is Rivendell, where he lives and grows up. And Elrond sort of becomes like his new dad. And as he's growing up uh, and learning the ways of being an elf and being a king, uh, Elrond is keeping the information from him that he is the remaining heir of Isildur. And he's going to be like, you know big big cool king eventually he does tell him of course once he's a little older but he meets this this elven woman named arwen and refers to her he says uh tenuviel tenuviel which is luthien's last name because he thinks mm-hmm. it's her he thinks that when he sees arwen she, she's so beautiful that he assumes that um some elves have like the power like when they sing the thing they're singing about like will appear which is fucking oh. that's so cool um that is cool and <laughs> Aragorn assumes that that's what's happening. And so he just says, like, it's like if you saw a hologram of, like, Tupac or whatever, and you're like, Shakur, Shakur! And then he turned and looked at you. And you're like, oh, shit. It was him. It's him. And then he gave up his immortality to be with you. (laughs) But she turns, and he's like, oh, shit, you're real. And they talk, and they they sort of, you know, they hit it off a little bit. Um, And Aragorn Aragorn says, like, hey, I'm the... My name is Aragorn, son of Arathorn. I'm the king and he feels like embarrassed that he's, yeah he feels embarrassed that he's like the remaining heir because like in the face of this beauty it seems very silly to be like oh i'm the i'm gonna be the king of man he's literally like trying to flirt with her like it's it's sort of cute 
Aragorn tells Elrond, he's like, or uh, sorry, Elrond pulls Aragorn aside and is like, hey, buddy, I know, I can see the fucking future, you know? And he's like, oh, shit. And he's like, well, two, one of two things, two things are going to happen and it's going to make people depressed either way. You're going to die or you're going to fail. Um, and either way, uh, Arwen is going to be depressed. So you, and, and oh, he's like, there's no way my daughter's dating a loser. So you got to go, you got to leave. One of these loser who's going to die. Right. So you got to go get your money up elsewhere. And Aragorn's like, fine. And so he leaves. He's gone for like 30 fucking years. And this is where he does all this cool shit where he helps mm-hmm. Rohan. And he starts, you know, with the Rangers, like patrolling, you know, uh, the Shire and whatever. And he meets Gandalf. And then he comes back. Well, on his way back, he stops in Lothlorien, and Galadriel's like, I don't want to scare you, but your girlfriend's here. And so Galadriel, <laughs> wingman, the greatest wingman of all time, dresses him in, like, the coolest clothes ever, and, like, cuts his hair and, like, makes him all beautiful. And then Arwen sees him again, and he's like, yeah, you know, it's me. I'm the same guy as before, except now I got all this clout. And they're like, Wow. <laughs> And so they they talk and they they fall in love. As soon as Arwen sees him, she makes the choice. She's like, "All right, I'm not going to be an elf. I'm going to be a human and be with be with Baron or be with Aragorn because it's the same story." They uh like they climb this hill. They, they sort of get the picture. They see Mordor and they're like, "Oh, that looks bad." And like they see like the light of the elf. Or do they really see it, or is like a metaphor like fading in the world? Right. Right. Elrond, he does it again. He pulls Aragorn aside and he's like, there's no way, I'm not okay with this. And I'm, I'll just, I'll still not be okay with it, but I'll be more happy if you are the, just become the king of, and you unite Arnor and Gondor again. Cause it's been a minute since that's happened. And so that's exactly what happens. Uh, he leaves and then the Lord of the Rings happens. Mm-hmm. They go back, like they meet again in Rivendell in, in the story when that happens. And that's when like Sam sees Arwen. They... They live uh, after uh, Aragorn. You know they win, and he becomes the king um, of Gondor and Arnor. He he's the king, and she's the queen. He's reaches the ripe old age of two hundred and ten. Aragorn chooses to die before, seemingly like a long time before he might actually have to die. He just didn't want to like keel over on the throne. Because that wouldn't be. He proper. wanted to go out. He he like did self euthanasia. He did sort of. literally like he takes his <laughs> yeah. scepter because like all the kings of Numenor had this dumbass scepter, uh, and he gives it to his son and he's like, "You're the king now." And then he just goes and like lays down in a bed and Arwen's like, "You have to get up." And he's like, "No, I'm dying right here." <laughs> um, and it's a very sad moment. And Aragorn's like, "We knew this was gonna happen. Like this is not a surprise." It's just, I have to do this now. And she's like, okay, I understand. And he dies. And Arwen is not even... Because even though she's not immortal anymore, she's still going to live for, like, a shit... Right. A, a stupid long time. Arwen leaves, and she goes to, to Lorien. And um, under the trees, the, the Malorn trees, the beautiful, like, golden trees, and the leaves are falling, mm-hmm. she just sort of makes... The, she's like, I'm just going to walk around here until I die of old age so the book leaves aragorn and arwen on a happy note but the story is not happy like aragorn dies and i don't know if like you one would argue that it is is selfish that he died but like he did that was gonna happen at some point right and he puts like the needs of the 
the people and the needs of like the race of capital M man ahead Mm -hmm. of the needs of him and his queen, which I mean, I don't know if I would do that, but I'm not a king, ancient king of the Western S. So I just think it's a beautiful story. I don't know how it would have been crazy bad if he just killed over on the throne, but uh, whatever. Yeah. I guess he didn't want, like, the last time, the previous king also went crazy on the throne and lit himself on fire. Oh, yeah. So maybe he didn't want that to happen again. He's like, there is a non-zero chance I go crazy. (laughs) So, But it's just, you really need to read, you have to read this. Because this, all of this reads like, doesn't read like a history. It reads like a story just cut out of the book there's like dialogue Mm -hmm. and scenes and stuff and there's the other sections that we've talked about like the helm hammer hand part and some other stuff read like and some of some of the kings old kings of gondor like their stuff reads like short little vignettes or stories that are cool and interesting but it's sad that's that's how aragorn dies also when he dies mary and pippin are buried next to him because with them they live in they live in gondor now at this point both of them yeah and that's I mean, that's the appendices of that's Lord of the Rings. Lord of the baby. Rings. Uh, one other funny thing, at some point in Appendix A, it just has the sentence, uh, Sauron was busy with evil. Uh, <laughs> just doing something. He's always busy with evil. Which he is never very, my he's just busy anymore. with evil. <laughs> he can't answer. That's why he doesn't answer my emails. He's like, I'm busy with evil. Out of office, busy with evil. Well, this is sort of our last chance to say anything about Lord of the Rings in general. Yeah, I mean, Danilo, you've never. This is the first. What do you think? You've read them all. Uh, now. It's cool. I like it a lot. Yeah, <laughs> I'm more of a nerd for it That's in book true. form than movie form. I like it a lot more because yeah. of all the nerd bullshit and like the the just the world and the descriptions and the atmosphere and like all the all the stuff that makes the appendices good is also like the same thing that makes the rest of the books good. Yeah. If that makes sense. It's like the attention to detail, basically. Yeah. And him like really caring about his world and his story. And I think we said this before, like this was his hobby. He wasn't a professional science fiction fantasy author on book talk. Right. (laughs) So he really could be like, I'm going to work on how the Shire does its calendar for, you know, five years or whatever and that's exactly what he did yep yep it's it's great yeah it's rereading like this appendix appendix stuff it really does like this is i i think one of the greatest taken as a whole thing like from the first age Mm -hmm. to the end of the lord of the rings one of the greatest stories of, of all time um or like a like i think it like what you're saying it like it's cemented in me like this is a major literary work. <laughs> yeah, definitely. To be taken no, seriously. Yeah. And not just yeah, like... Yeah. It, I, it's always sort of... this. Like, I don't want this to come off the wrong way, but when it's just... When Tolkien's work is just also shelved in science fiction fantasy at a bookstore, I'm like, I don't... Yeah. It's not really like... I wouldn't really suggest this to like... I'm trying to read fantasy book. Like, that's not... I don't know if... Right. The first thing I'd be like, have you ever read the most... Uh, comp- one of the most complicated works of literature of all time? Like, I, I wouldn't maybe <laughs> do that. talk about Westron <laughs> yeah. and Banazir Kobasi? Because then, then you have the... And just even the addition of that, you have all the literary layers of... You know, like the found text part of it and his background as an academic and all his influences. And like, it doesn't come from 
this oh i have a quirky idea right you know and he's like trying to say something and it's just a lot of it's just good i don't you know you can appreciate it as a work i guess is more what i mean yeah. like when you when you read like a crime and punishment right like crime and punishment is good but when you read it you're like you appreciate when you're done you're like that i've read a literary work and like i appreciate the work and he he has gone into creating this that's what i feel yeah. about like the lord of the rings yes. rather than like what a fun story but I also yeah. feel that because I do think it's like yeah, a very yeah. emotional story. But when I come away thinking it, I am astounded by like the work on the page and like am, mm-hmm. am inspired more so by the what seems to be a Herculean effort of creating the goddamn thing in the first place. Yeah. More than I am about not to repeat myself, but the Herculean efforts of the characters in the story. Um, mm-hmm. I do think it's sort of a, a fascinating um, convergence of these characters are doing something uh, seemingly agonizing and impossible, and Tolkien also seemed to do the same exact thing. Uh-huh. <laughs> and not cutting corners, like really being like, you know, hey, I have calendars. Right. And like, knowing I got to receipts, not, bitch. And having the, the wherewithal and the maturity and the to, to... to refrain from putting that in the story. Because we have mm-hmm. talked about a different guy who <laughs> probably would put the fucking calendars in the story. Who would make how the calendars work central to understanding the plot. It would yeah. be Frodo <laughs> trying to uncover the history of the calendars. And once he unlocks the secret of the calendars, that is what allows yep. him to throw the ring of the volcano. Because That what? is how that would go. After you read the appendices, you come away and you're like, oh, there is kind of a hard magic system. But guess <laughs> fucking what? It doesn't matter. No, who cares? And it's not in the story. It doesn't matter that elves are somewhere half-elven and they can choose magically to be human or, like, that doesn't matter. The choice to remain with like to give up a part of yourself to be with somebody else because you love them. That's what matters. That's like the important part. Right. That's like the human. That's the metaphor. Yeah. Oh my fucking God. Yeah. He's, he's infiltrated another discussion. (laughs) What a great story. And just like, you're so immersed. Like I get so immersed in it that like, I do have to remind myself that like one guy made this up. Yeah. One guy. And like, that's like, you have to constantly, I have to constantly remind myself because, and that's, then you're like, whoa, it's like really staggering. Especially now that we, you know, we take elves and dwarves and dwarves are Scottish and elves are, uh, uh, condescending, you know, all the, all like the D and D. It's all here, man. All the D and D stereotypes. Shouts out, you know, we'll read the Silmarillion, but a lot of that is his son. Um, he had like Tolkien had written it all, but never combined it all really mm-hmm. until Christopher Tolkien wrote and edited the Silmarillion. But this stuff, yeah, this is all this is all J.R.R. baby. Mm-hmm. What a nerd! What a huge nerd! In the in the best possible Can way. Can you imagine if your English professor at college like showed you what he was working on and it was like the most complicated fantasy world? <laughs> like, what are you doing? So talk about Quenya, and you're like, what? <laughs> I've developed two languages. I'm tra- I found this red book in my office. Yeah, he's trying to pitch it to you as if like <laughs> to see if like the idea. It's like this found like, it. Stand up comedian like tries telling jokes to see if they work on stage without saying like, "Can I tell you a joke?" He's like, "Hey, I've heard on the news somebody found the red book of Westmarch." <laughs> now I have a copy. I've been translating it. I don't know. If, 
I don't know if it's worth publishing. Do you mind reading it? What about Golbadir Galbassi? What do you like that? Or do you like <laughs> Sam Gamgee better? <laughs> what do you like better? Same guy. He's like, you just pitching it to yeah. people. His students. <laughs> and they're like, this feels a lot like World War One. No? <laughs> no, 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 it's, no, it's, no, it's this old book. It's just a no. real book I found. Sir, you're crying in your office about your dead friends a lot. <laughs> oh, no, no. Not me. Not I. <laughs> Maura Labinki. Let's talk about <laughs> <Yeah>. him. <laughs> PTSD? No. Mara Lapinky? Yes. 